Scott Ligel, Dory Bennett, welcome to the craziness of technology as we've tried to do this once, but my computer, my Zoom, my microphone, everything doesn't work. So this is what happens. We always should have a teenager around to help us old folks uh, navigate all this stuff. But welcome. It's good to see everybody. Scott, it's good to uh, see you, even though you're on the East Coast. And we'll get into some of that fun stuff later on. Dory, great to see you. But let's start off with the big news today on November 14th. Jimmy Lake, the head football coach at the University of Washington, has been fired, let go, dismissed, whatever you want to call it. Dory, um, just your initial thought thoughts when you heard that um, he was fired today. Um, I think it's... It was, it was surprising and unfortunately not surprising at the same time. I think that the, there's a feel of him being railroaded and that the powers that be were looking for a reason. And I believe that there, I, I, I think it, it feels racial to me. It feels that there's a racial tone with this piece. So that's, that, that's where I am. And it made my stomach hurt. Scott, I know you're uh three hours ahead of us right now. We appreciate you uh, spending some time he here and hopefully we're not cutting into your dinner and your family time. Um, what Were you surprised that of the news today? What, what were your thoughts? No, I, I, I'm in the same boat with Dory on this one. I feel like this thing was kind of been railroaded, social media, just the, the swirl around the whole situation. People were just pushing for this thing to be done and move on. And, and uh, you know, uh, lately I've been using a, a term, a body of work, and I don't think 13 games is a big body of work to really assess anybody and their, and their ability to coach. And I think it's sad that we've gotten to this point in, in college athletics that, uh, you know, an incident that happened. And I felt like even the Mike Burrell, you know, story this week about what something had happened in 2019 was a pile on to the whole situation. And I don't, but, and even still talking about it this evening, I feel like they're just piling it on to the whole situation. So, uh, saddened by the whole thing. And I feel like uh, just the guy wasn't really given an honest ch chance in this profession. And uh, that, that saddens me. And, and what people really don't realize what, you know, Will, is, the sad part is, is this doesn't just affect Jimmy Lake. It's t 10 assistant coaches. It's the extended staff and people like that that let, are going to be let go too. So it's a bigger decision than just one person. Yeah, we had this conversation last week on our uh, last show. And uh, we were honored to have the legendary coach uh, Shorty Bennett on and we uh, we spoke about a, a multitude of things and one of the questions that um, that he answered was what's a fair timeline to judge a coach and a coaching staff and he said you know about three or four years you know and even though that this is Jimmy's second season really it's his first because he's only you know uh, coached 13 games Last year, we all saw what happened um, with the Pac-12 and college football itself, trying to figure out what a season looked like and what it can become. So you, to me, that's a throwaway season um, for that pandemic. And, you know, things have happened, and it happened really fast. And I'm not sure if it's um, something that we can judge or what the, you know, what the penalty is for the fact that, you know, he said some things about recruiting, especially against uh, Oregon. Um, there was a sideline incident last week 
where he uh, pushed the kid back and I guess mushed the kid's helmet to try to keep him away from getting a penalty. And people had a reaction uh, to that. And then uh, Varel, you know, in his piece in the Seattle Times saying that there was an incident in 2019 with him shoving um, a student athlete, which he vehemently denied. Um, Dory, you know, from these incidents, and really I'm going to take the 2019 off the board here, um, saying something about recruiting and uh, pushing a kid back so he doesn't get a penalty. Is that grounds for termination? I think it is not grounds for termination. And if, if the actions that we saw on the sidelines happened after a positive play of some sort, we wouldn't even be having this conversation because the interaction of a coach with a player with, with exuberance and excitement will look the same, will look the same as what we saw. And it's because of, of the fact that it happened after an incident, which we still don't know all the facts. We don't. The facts have not come out about there. There was still there was still a conversation that that um, a player got spit on on the sidelines right there, and that an altercation was going to start. They felt an altercation might happen. So, but let's just take let's just take that situation that happened on the sidelines. What if the player had just recovered a fumble or caused a sack? or a turnover that changed the momentum of the game. I can promise you coaches are that exuberant with players for positive moves as well. So I I think he's being railroaded. Um, If we take the 2019 piece off the table, a one game suspension, boom, and come on back. And let's see what we can do to resurrect the season. Scott, I don't you even know that a one-game suspension. Like I, I just, ugh. okay, sorry. No, it's okay. This is what we're doing here, so it, it's it's fine. Um, Scott, you know, you, you alluded to thirteen games. Um, he went seven and six in those games. Uh, we talked about really, uh, you know, last year being what it was—a pandemic season um, where a lot of people discuss uh, either one having a traditional season, you know. You know, similar to some of the other conferences, they kind of got started up and running with the Pac-12 kind of dilly-dally-dilly-dallied. And then when the Big Ten jumped in, they were like, well, we should jump in. And they just kind of had a mess of a season. So I'm not sure how you can judge that. But is this more about wins and losses then? If we're talking about seven and six and maybe, you know, talking about recruiting against Oregon or this sideline incident? or, Or do you think maybe there's something else to this? I think there's a little bit more to it. I just think that there's, this, again, this ground swirl of things you see in the social media, people saying, complaining about recruiting, you know, and in his comments about Oregon, what you said. Uh, I think that the, there's this perception that they're not recruiting well. Uh, nationally, we've lost a few kids that have gone to some of the big-time programs. Uh, you know, some of it maybe warranted, some of it not warranted. But irregardless, I think it's just a, it's a, it's a whole lot of, things thrown in the pot that have created this groundswell to make it there. People forget, I mean, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, this, well, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is people forget that last year he was four and one technically, 
I mean, other than COVID, not playing from the, in the Pac-12 championship against probably a poor USC team, he probably was going to go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, we we fail yeah. to forget that. And he had four. He had all the home games. I get all that. I mean, that's easy for people to say. Well, he had four home games. Okay, but they still won, and they and and they were four and one. And because of COVID, they didn't get to play for it. So this year, yeah, sure. You again, you're going out of a COVID year. You're you know you you don't train the way you probably tr- would train in the usual years. I mean, there's a lot of things that are part of it. And and and, and a coach, you know. Uh, I was on, you know, talking to some guys earlier this week. We were talking about uh, through, through my work about uh, Tom Landry. It wasn't until his seventh year at the Dallas Cowboys that he had a winning record. In today's world, Tom Landry wouldn't be to year three, let alone Super Bowls and you know, Nash, you know, Hall of Fame coach and all the things he does. We're a little too fast in today's society just to get rid of these guys and just be done. I mean, you know, if we're being blunt, and I know we may talk about it a little later. I mean, they're already talking about a groundswell of getting rid of Sarkeesian down in Texas after year one. I know Dory don't mind that one, but I'm just telling you, it's, you know, it's, that's how fast these things getting the groundswell starts. And it's, it's crazy to me. I mean, just, it has to be the body of work. Let these guys do their thing, figure it out. And, the, and it, 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 unless, you know, and in Jimmy's case, you know, again, people will say, well, he was given the keys to the car to a, a humming car with coach Peterson. Yeah, that is true. But they were coming off of a, 500 year after coach Peterson's last year, you know, uh, the bowl win got him to a little over 500. Um, maybe things were kind of going down from that perspective, but more times than none, when you become the new head football coach, you're usually taking over a situation that's not good and trying to turn that over. It takes time. So that's all I'm saying. Well, when we're talking, can I say something about the body of work piece? Go, go ahead. And, and it, yeah. And it, it, it does, it, it does, I mean, let's go all the way back to when Peterson, when Coach Peterson resigned and and there was an immediate hire of someone that didn't have a body of work as a head coach anywhere. And that would have been the right time to do a national search, include Coach Lake as an as an applicant for the job. And then take the body of work and find the best, best suited and someone that has been a head coach and been able to build and sustain a program. I'm not sure that the hiring was the best choice to start with, regardless of of anything else. We're talking about someone who had never had a head coach experience, been a head coach anywhere, not even at a high school level. And there is something to being a head coach that's very different than any other coach on the staff. So when we're looking at body of work, we might not even be in this situation if the body of work of the coach being considered had seriously been looked at by the athletic director at the time. Let's think. Let's let's go back to the coaching and the coaching staff. And obviously, uh, you know, Washington has, has had a really difficult uh, year. Um, you know, with some really bad losses. It's not like they've got bad losses against just Oregon, but obviously, the way the season started with Montana and so on and so forth. Um, we had discussed on our show that you know we didn't see anything in the offense that really kind of validated the fact of them keeping the personnel because we never saw a change. You know, we, sometimes we see that there's certain things in place, 
they make certain adjustments uh, depending on the the kids' uh, skill sets. They'll dial back the playbook. There's certain things that that we can see that is done with purpose, and we didn't see that. So I think that was our our main complaint earlier in the season uh, when it came to this football team. Um, do you think? And, and Scott, you can answer this first. Do you think? Jimmy should have at least gotten a chance to get in someone else to run the offense, have that search uh, in the offseason, bring in a, a different mindset, a different offensive mind, and then roll at least another season before talking about maybe Jimmy's uh, dismissal. Yeah, I do. I do. I think that's what would have been the right thing to do. But I also think that once the suspension started, I think that we were we were going down this road, sadly, because it, unfortunately, in the, the ugly world of recruiting, that stuff's used against you, man. It's always used against you, and you know you're gonna you're gonna go for play for guys who's already been suspended as a coach. You're using it to stay another year. Is it gonna last another year? I mean, that stuff is used in the recruiting world, and just or unjust. But uh, to go back to answer your question, I felt like yeah, I mean, take take the push on the sideline away, Jimmy. At that point, even even people were still saying that he should have been fired. Even before that incident happened, people were saying that he needs to go. He can't fire. Why do you even hire Donovan? Blah, 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 on and on. Um, I just think that he, you know, at least given one chance to make, you know, change, uh, change up his staff and, and look at some different thoughts and different ideas and do something different. But, you know, that's, that's water underneath the bridge, as they say now. So, Dory, what, what would you have liked to see? You know, is this, you know, you, you mentioned at the beginning of the show that you felt like there was something more here, right? And um, it's it's difficult to ignore that, and it's difficult to say that, right? I, I mean, these are the uncomfortable conversations that we have, and it's something that whether people want to recognize it or not, it it, it adds to the conversation, adds to the thought process that, you know, had it been a different type of guy, had it been, you know, someone else in place, this wouldn't have happened. Dory, share your thoughts on that. I feel that, well, we can just look at the University of Washington men's basketball coach and the University of Women, of, of uh, Washington's now former head football coach, were they given the same opportunity? Were they given the same chance and number of seasons to show that they could build a successful program? I, I don't believe they were. And it, I mean, the, the situation with, with Jimmy Lake, look at some of the players that Hopkins bro, brought in that, had to be dismissed because of player behavior and for criminal offenses, right? And then that shows the cult that can show the culture of the program. I don't think that Jimmy Lake was given a fair shot. I don't think he was given a fair chance. 13 games in does not does not tell us anything about what he could be capable of. And I believe he got railroaded. And I think it, it, I think it is, I think it smells. I think it stinks. And I think there's, that race is involved. I really do. 
And I think that the people with the money that give their money to the University of Washington, the big donors have a huge amount of influence in why this sudden departure is happening. Scott, and, and this is really interesting, and uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think that they consulted Peterson when it came to this dismissal, or do you think that this was solely on Jen Cohen and, as Dory is alluding to, some of the other people that have a financial influence at the university. What do you, what do you think that happened when, you know, the conversations that were happening in those rooms? Yeah, I, I don't think Coach Peterson was ever going to be brought into the conversation. Number one, because it's, you know, Jimmy's his guy. Yeah. I don't think they were looking for his influence in the decision and helping making the decision. I think a, a prevailing football mind in the room would help. You know, it's really easy for everybody to say to get rid of these guys. And then, then they come up with this, these lists that they are, you know, proposing now for potential candidates. And I mean, I just, um, it's beside me that people would even think that half these people would be even considered. Um, so, you know, I, no, I don't think Coach Peterson was ever involved in this decision at all. I think it was just Jen and, and, the, and the money people. And so, you know, it's sad that we're, that we're, the world we're at. I mean, you know, we, I've sent some articles about it. I mean, $565 million dead money in the last 10 years of just coaches fired. I mean, uh, Will Musgrave, Muschamp, who's on the Georgia staff, is, you know, he's got $18 million coming to him this year. I mean, not a bad gig just to sit on the sideline and be a guy over there for $18 million. I think I could do that. So, you know, I mean, if, I guess you got all that much money. Go spend it and get rid of people who you want and think you're going to get in here. So, I don't wish any ill on the program or the kids, but sometimes, you know, double mistakes are going to can happen in the situation. So, and to, and to Dory's point, you know, when they make this search, are they going to really make a national search or is it going to be just, you know, a couple of guys we thought we've already had in the back of our pockets that we've been thinking about and we're just going to make this happen. I don't I mean, that'll be the interesting thing. So. I'm going to read a statement from uh, Jen Cohen. She released this uh, earlier today. Um, Making a head coaching change in any sport is difficult, recognizing that the decision impacts coaches, staff, student athletes, and their families. However, as the steward of UW Athletics, I must always act in the best interests of our student athletes, our department, and our university. No one wanted Jimmy to succeed more than I when I hired him in 2019, but ultimately this change is necessary for a variety of reasons, both on the field and off. I am grateful for Jimmy's service to Washington, and we wish him the very best of luck moving forward. Dory, what are your thoughts when you hear that statement? Well, that's a canned statement that could have been pulled off of any AD's, out of any AD's pocket. It feels, um, it, it, it feels disjointed. It feels ingenuine and insincere. And uh, it, it, it's a canned statement. Haven't we heard that statement before when there's been a coaching change made? by every AD out there when they have to make a change. I'm, I'm 
man, put something into it that shows that you actually do care. That's a canned statement. Unimpressive. Scott, I've got some more information that's just coming out. Um, Jen has been um, discussing and talking. Um, she mentions that they're going to hire a search firm. She declined to divulge who are the advisors she's leaning on in this coaching search. She guaranteed that they would have made the same decisions to suspend Jimmy Lake for the sideline incident against Oregon if UW had previously won more games. And one of the things she said was Coach Peterson did not give Jimmy Lake that job. I gave Jimmy Lake that job. And I'm just pulling out a few things from her Zoom call with reporters um, just minutes ago. Um, Scott, uh, anything there stands out um, when I read, read that to you? Well, I mean, you know, what Dory says is true. Now, that really sounds even more canned to me. <laughs> then you know, I mean, we're getting a search firm. I'm not going to tell you who must, you know, help me. You know, the one that, again, it's, mo I feel like the Mike Burrell, you know, story again was Jen's comment there at the end on and off the field issues. I mean, now all of a sudden we got off the field issues. I mean, again, mm. what, you know, what I, what I've talked about before, when you take a, uh, when, when you're taking on a university, Washington, a power five program, one of the elite blue bloods in the program, you're just not a football coach. You're a CEO. You have a hundred people below you. You got to figure out budgets and money and how things work and schedules and timing and hotels and how we do things and how it's just not just the W's, the L's and the, you know, how we're going to do things on Saturday afternoon in the game. And so uh, it's, it's what you're judged on. True. There's no doubt about it, but it's a bigger, bigger job than just that. And so now to infer that he was having off the field issues too. I mean, again, it's, I think it's covering her rear in that end uh, to, to the boosters that, Hey, you know, not only wasn't he doing it on the field, he wasn't doing it in other areas that I've asked him to do it on too. So, uh, and, and not to be able to, again, to for coach Lake to be able to defend himself is, you know, and you just get, unfortunately you got to take the high road and just move on and you can't say very much back. So. Dory. Um, one of the things she said was, I just didn't have confidence in coach Lake's ability to lead the program moving forward. What does that say about you since you're the one that hired him? Well, I think that, that and, and never once have we heard Jen Cohen take accountability for the hire. I mean, she said, I hired him. But what she's not saying is that I didn't do my best for the University of Washington and the athletic department when I didn't do a national search when Coach Peterson resigned. I, I think that, that, that she needs to take more accountability for what has gone down. I think she needs to take more accountability in moving forward. And, and if you are not prepared to do a national search when, when you have been surprised, as you said, I think all of them deserved Oscars when Coach Peterson resigned. I don't think that was a shock to anybody. Mm. I think there were things going on behind the scenes that happened. Not one of them was surprised. So I, 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 I'm again, Jen Cohen, take accountability. 
for this, for the debacle that, that you, that happened under your leadership. And I'm not hearing her take accountability for it. Dory, this is rhetorical, but I'm going to say it anyway. She says it was her decision to hire Jimmy in 2019, but now she's saying that she's hiring a search firm. So why going back to something that you stated earlier, why wouldn't you have done that and vetted Jimmy along with X, Y, and Z candidates before and why are you doing that now? What are your thoughts when she says that, but she did this? Again, I don't know that we can trust it. Why should we trust this job search now? Because you have to hire a firm to do a job search. You don't need to hire a firm to do a job search. What you do need to do is go is go find a coach that has proven to be successful at the D1 level, a head coach. That's not going to be too difficult. My God, you don't have to go get a firm to do that. You can Google that. <laughs> Scott, um, she says it became clear to her a few days ago that changes needed to be made. Do you think she had an epiphany a few days ago, or do you think somebody knocked on her door or she picked up the phone and the epiphany came via email or text? What, what, what are your thoughts when you hear she realized a few days ago that changes needed to be made? Yeah, that's, it's, it's only one, one sign you need to put up and it's the dollar sign. Boosters were threatening to, to not be put money in. That's that's that, that's all that is. You can slice it and dice it, and you know, you can write it any which way you like. The bottom line is dollars. We're saying we won't support the program anymore. We're done. And uh, you know, I mean, I know for a fact, like down in Texas Tech, one guy wrote the check for um, twenty-eight million dollars for the new indoor facility, and wrote the seven million dollar check for Coach Wells to leave. So one guy wrote a check for $35 million. I mean, that's a lot of money for one guy to be able to have that much power. And so those guys say something. Do do you think I I can uh, pass my Venmo to him? Um, I don't need that much, but I I mean, I'll take whatever he's, if he's writing checks out to people, I mean, I'll I'll be, you know, Zillow, Venmo, PayPal, whatever, you know, just, just let me know because I want to make sure. Uh, Dory and then Scott, I want you to answer the same question. Dory first. Um, I'm not, first off, I know it's going to come off that I'm saying that she should lose her job and I'm not, I'm just asking the question, should Jen Cohen be allowed to hire the next coach? Simple question. Dory first and then Scott. Well, I think that, uh, that's pretty evident that someone higher up than Jen Cohen has decided that she can't. And that's why they've hired a committee to go do this. Yeah, I, I concur the exact same thing. And bottom line is, you know, we're being blunt. I mean, Jen Cohen's about, I would say, 10 basketball games away from probably being let go to. Um, okay, you know, wow, all right. I think that the basketball coach is not going in the right direction. And I think after that, that that's going to be pretty much her demise. I, I, this is probably, you know, something that, you know, is rhetorical as well. But, you know, do you think and, and this is what goes back to the conversation we had with Donovan. And this is why we were saying, Jimmy, 
fire Donovan before it costs your job. This is exactly what we were talking about weeks ago. Jimmy, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, it's going to eventually land at your, at your doorstep. And for Jen, that might be something that with Mike Hopkins as well. You know, if she knows if the, the Reaper is coming around, I wonder if she'll terminate him before it comes full circle. Dora, you were going to say something. Well, just g- getting back to the having to fire John Donovan and what we talked about, the offensive quarter, John Donovan, a former offensive quarter, all you had to do is look at his resume and know that this was not going to be a good hire. And they did it anyway. So there, there to me, there's a trend and there's a pattern. And it's not favoring the University of Washington athletic department, nor the university itself. What's out there right now about our university is not good, people, is not good. And the firing of Jimmy Lake has made it worse. Scott? Yeah, I, I, I agree with exactly what George saying. I think, well, I think it's even a bigger piece. I think it's, I've said it all season long on our podcast, you know, uh, it's a Pac-12 issue too. It's, it's a bigger mm. issue seeing visually what you see, the package, the product, all those things. Um, you know, the higher down at USC better be really good. Better be really, really good because the Pac-12 is in deep, deep trouble financially and, and the games and, um, I mean, I, I mean, I love the, you know, the Pac-12, but 1030 last night on the East Coast, we were done. And we're a football loving family, as you all know, we were done. And uh, I, we, I mean, you know, I had to wake up in the morning and see a couple of the scores just because I, we, were, we were asleep. And it's, it's bad. I mean, they need to get the product out in the right time, in the right mode where people can see it. So. Uh, and, you know, I mean, and, and not to, again, not to be a naysayer, but we all know what the bottom line is. It's the, the alumni. It's the people in the stadium. I saw a really, really empty stadium last night. Really empty stadium. And that's, again, some of the things that are part of the part of the issue. I mean, you look around, you're like, well, nobody's coming to these games. I mean, got to pay for these got to pay for these coaches, got to pay for the stuff. And so it's a bigger issue. Dory, you go to a lot of these games. I was, I'm sorry, I was just going to say that you go to a lot of these games. I mean, oh. have you noticed the fact? Because I believe it, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I want to be crystal clear. But I believe that it's something like in that 30 to $33 million range when it comes to the tickets and, and people coming through the door and that beer sales, whatever it is, that's the money that they're looking at at the season. Dory, are you noticing a drop? And I know the weather has not been conducive to sitting out there in the rain. I think that plays another part of it, but a small part because this is Washington and people are just used to sitting there in the rain, you know, withering away and and still kind of having a great time, you know, at the stadium. But Dory, you go there, you're part of it, you know, whether it's getting there, however you're getting there. Um, just going to the different spots and everything else. Have you noticed just less people overall the last couple of weeks? Yes, less people. Um, the concessions, the concession lines are shorter. The bathroom lines are shorter. Uh, people, if you get there early, if you get there 
two hours early or an hour and a half early before game time. You get 50% off for the first hour, 50% off of beverages, including beer and wine and food. They're doing everything they can to get people there early in the stadium. But what's happening is, is the, and the rain, here's the deal. People in Seattle, if the rain is going to keep you from doing something, you better just move to a different city. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you guys, being at a football game. Can I get a witness? <laughs> That's true. I know. So, so no, it, it, it's not the rain. I will tell you this, that being in the stadium on Saturday night, it felt like there were more people in the stadium than actually you could see in the seats. It was loud. There was tons of energy. The players came out with more energy. The warm-up had more energy. The esprit de corps was, they were, everybody was in sync. There was a difference on the field. There was a difference on the field. There was a difference on the sidelines, and there was a difference in the stands. For, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I will tell you that it felt different in the stands, even more so than when we came in and, and were playing Oregon. Um, but I will also say that 14, that the 14 0 score, it felt like we should have had a bigger lead than 14 0. And, and that, you know, that didn't happen. But the number of people in the stadium, it is markedly less than you would ever expect to have happen. Not quite as bad as Willingham in the uh, 0-12 season, but just about. I mean, it, it, people aren't gone. All right. As we rip, uh, you know, wrap up the Jimmy Lake thing, um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're going to give him his money. You know, they're, they're not going to go off of, you know, uh, you know, behavioral or this or that and try to play with his, his money. He's got about nine point nine million coming to him, I think, within the next three years. And his assisting staff has about four point eight eight mil coming to them when it's all said and done. So at, at least that that's great. On, on that part um, that they're, you know, and obviously they'll own, you know, they'll honor the terms of his contract and then it, pending any offsets from future earnings. So we'll see how that all plays out. And that allows him to really move on and, you know, maybe go back to defensive coordinator, whatever his next step is, hopefully it's going to be a better one. So we wish Jimmy Lake the very best. Um, let's just for fun, yeah. for fun, let's play spin the wheel and, you know, who might be some, People that uh, are on your radar, uh, Dory will start first, and uh, and then Scott uh, jump in. Well, I think the number one candidate at the top of the list that should have now already, at least his agent should have been called by now. Cincinnati Bearcats head coach Luke Fickle has built a D one program has built a D1 program, and the only reason hasn't been in the playoffs is because it is not a Power 5 conference. Luke Fickle, next head coach for the University of Washington, and here's the deal. Pay him what he deserves. Pay him, make him the top paid coach in the Pac-12 right now. Go do it. 
That's the only one I have. It needs to be him. Go ahead, Scott. I really don't have a, a a choice to be honest with you. You know, well, I you know I, I'm close to the situation. We're playing fa- instead of fantasy football. We're playing fantasy coaches, so it doesn't matter. Like it's not what we're saying matters because we're just you know, we're gonna say it's A and then Z's gonna come out the back door. So I don't know what's gonna be, but you know, if you're just throwing around a, a name or two, well, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, I if for for irritation purposes, I should you know could say Sarkeesian just to piss off Tory again, but I won't. Um, I, 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 do, I will say this, I, without having, I just, you know, I really don't, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of guided by the whole thing. So I really don't, I don't yeah. I'm, I'm, I want to sit back and just kind of watch this blank show to see who they actually come up with, to be honest with you. That's number one. But I also do agree with Dory. I think that, I think there's a financial issue here at Washington. I think we really need to address it. It needs to come out of the, the door and we need to talk about it. I mean, if they're going to go get a top notch guy. It, and, you know, there's rumor that somebody was going to be taken in the next couple of weeks. And if we didn't make an offer on the person, blah, 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 it's got to be big money. It's got to be the guy you want to go get, get and you guy you're going to put the money towards and, and give them the resources and all the things that they need to do and have happen and make it happen. I just I think that's the key to the whole thing. If no matter who the, the if they want a top level, the former head coach or a head coach now, they have to put out the money. They just have to put out the money. I mean, that's bottom line. And you can wish and hope and point, you know, but it's not going to happen. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, here's a little, you know, uh, you know, trivia for everybody. Who's the two coaches that have never coached in a, a, a Apple Cup? Nick Rolovich and uh, Jimmy Lake against each other. So there's your new trivia wow. question for you. Never coached, never coached in an Apple Cup. Either one. There, there it is. Have, okay, yeah. have records. Well, have records in their in both their schools and never have coached in yeah. Apple Cup. So. And for Jerry, and from. For very different reasons, they're not coaching in the Apple yeah. Cup. The WSU yeah, yeah. Nick Rolovich thing yeah. is a way different animal yeah, yeah. for sure. No, no, I'm not, I'm Will, not, who I'm do not you think? Um, well, I, I, I personally, unfortunately, I, I listen. I love the Cincinnati head coach. I think that would be tremendous, right? But unfortunately, I just don't see them having that money. And I could see them, you know, if you skimmed off the top already with Jimmy Lake, what makes you think that you're going to kind of go big time? So, Luke, Luke Fick- you're, bre- you're breaking up there, uh, Dory. We might have lost Dory for a minute. Uh, I'll just continue, Scott, what I was saying. Um, I don't know if a, a Mike Norvell is going to last in Florida State. He would be an interesting name. And I tell you the truth, man, you know, Billy Napier, Raisin Cajun, you know, he might be a really interesting hire because I just don't have faith that they're going to go out there and spend five, six million dollars a year on a top level coach. And until the money says otherwise, then, you know, that that'll be that, you know, you've got uh, Avalos now at Boise State. If you want to go back to Boise State, he's recruited really well in Oregon and stuff like that. I'm just I'm just saying I'm I'm just throwing things out there. But, hey, Billy Napier, what he's done with the Sun Belt at the Sun Belt, what he's done with that program and elevated. I think he could be really good and really interesting um, uh, hire. But, yeah, I, I love the coach from Cincinnati. I just don't know if they're going to spend the money because if someone's going to spend the money and he's going to leave Cincinnati, I don't think it's going to be Washington. I wouldn't be surprised if a top-notch program is going to go after him. If he's going to decide to leave Cincinnati, I don't know if going to UW is going to be the place to go. But, you know, you know who's USC looking at? 
You know, wouldn't that be interesting for USC? You know, so it'll be interesting. And going back to the beginning of this entire conversation, there's going to be a lot of coaches that are going to lose jobs. So there's going to be a lot of job openings. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So it's going to be um, a, a really interesting offseason, which makes it great for us because we got, you know, we keep the conversation going and things like that. So that always makes it a, a lot of fun. Real quick, you know, just to put a little bow on this, um, Washington at uh, Arizona State, same old, same old, Dory. It, it all looked the same. You know, it looked great in the beginning, in the first quarter. Uh, the defense is not good. The offense is not good. Uh, the defense that they're there. I just don't understand the defense that they've been running this season. So I don't know whose fault it, it falls on. Is that just the D coordinator or, or everyone, the head coach, uh, you know, just kind of putting things in place. They, they run their defense thinking they, they got Vita Vea still out there and they don't. And the safeties play way back. They've been getting destroyed in the rushing game all season and they haven't made adjustments. So, that's just my take on what I keep seeing week in and week out with this team. Their offense stinks. They, they've, you know, they, I don't know what they're doing with, uh, with Heward. And, um, and their defense has just been atrocious. They can't stop the run. And why would I do anything but run the ball? I'm pretty sure Scott says, if you're going to let me run six, seven yards of play, hey, I'm just going to run. I don't need to throw the ball, you know? So, uh, before we get to Dory, because I, I, I can see that she's processing all of it. Scott, wh- what were your thoughts uh, on the Washington-Arizona State game? <laughs> well, I was, I was more concerned you were about to say Scott could, Scott could have gotten six yards on that defense. Whew, so we got that up. Maybe, maybe 2.7. You could just lean forward. You just, just fall forward. <laughs> maybe I could just lean forward. Um, yeah, you you hit it right on the nose, man. It, it was uh, their defense. I just don't understand, man. They they're just getting crushed inside, and and just just everything gets hits outside, and it's it's frustrating. And I thought that they even they changed up some of their passing stuff that they did in this game. There were a lot of underneath crossing routes, and Dylan was just late thrown behind them, and it wasn't. I mean, sixteen and him were not having a good day together. Uh, Duze, I believe is his name. Um, so, you know, I, just, it was very frustrating to watch, but, uh, yeah, they, 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 whoever's coming in has got to do a lot of work on the chalkboard and figuring it out and doing a better job because they were getting gashed. And, uh, you would have thought that the weather would have played to the Huskies favor being a little wet and stuff like that. And they could have done some things, but frustrating, but now that Dory's processed all that, we'll let her go. <laughs> Well, I will just tell you that the first two drives on offense were creative play calls, setting plays that that were successful and set up plays to be called later in that series or in the next series. Um, there, it was up tempo. We were playing. Uh, you could do the play action. You because we'd established some runs. And in the beginning, you guys, it was great offense. The play calling was stellar for the first two drives, for the first two series. The defense shut Arizona out for a quarter and a half. Arizona State did not score until way into the second quarter. Carson Bruner and Jackson Sermon should both be named co-PAC 12 Defensive Players of the Week. 
Because without those two, Arizona State would have hammered Washington. Without those two. Um, in the end, when we need Dylan Morris to step up when it really counts, consistently and unfortunately, consistently, he implodes. The series we needed after Arizona State scored, we need, we went three and out three times in a row after Arizona State scored. Okay, and then the score was 24-21. And what happens? We go three and out and again. Bad passes behind the ball. Oh, it, the behind receivers throwing the ball where there wasn't a receiver. And whether they're off, I don't know. But when we need Dylan Morris to step up, he absolutely he implodes. I don't think Sam Heward was given the fair amount of reps and never did he have good field position. He was always inside our, our own five to start a series. So I think they could have done better if that's what they were doing. And then the defense was just on the field too long. Then Arizona state just started rolling and rolling and rolling and Washington had too many three and outs and the defense was on the field too long. Once again, just like the Oregon game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, the program looks like going forward. We have so many things to talk about, and we're not going to get into it right now because our focus was on Jimmy, uh, Jimmy losing and uh, losing his job and, and the direction of the program uh, going forward. Next week, I definitely want to get into Dylan and, and you know how they've utilized or not utilized Heward. And we're get going to get into a bunch of those other things. Scott Ligo's in Happy Valley enjoying his time out there. He went to Rutgers, Michigan. Um, I'm sorry, Penn State, Michigan. I had Rutgers on mine because he's going to stay there to watch Rutgers. So next week we're going to get a, a full recap on him being out there, the games, all the stuff, direction of Penn State, um, and just kind of what goes on ahead. Before we say goodbye, last week, was National uh, Signing Day. So for our tidbits, we want to make sure that Scott gives the student athletes some tidbits as they, you know, get ready for signing day or finish up signing day and, and finishing up their um, their year in high school, getting ready for college. Yeah, the uh, National Letter of Intent was last Tuesday. It was only for uh, all sports except football. So early signing period will be in December for football. But uh, sports like Dory coaches, tennis, and everything like that all had national letter of intents. And the most important thing the kids need to do now is finish up and get their uh, amateur certification into the NCA. And then the, obviously the, the biggest one is send in your graduation papers that you did graduate from, the, from your high school and get that thing done. And, and, you know, congratulations to all these student athletes. And, you know, mm -hmm. I know we talk football all the time, but there's a lot more sports that are out there a lot of cool sports and a lot of great opportunities for these young people. And it's really, they need to be, you know, rec, uh, commended for what they've done. And so, uh, you know, enjoy the day, enjoy what you get to do because the hard work's coming. College is not easy. So have fun. <laughs> it's, it's difficult work there. So well, thanks. You do your job. Do your job. Get more information on saadvocates.org. Scott's there to help. Uh, parents and students and eligibility and financial aid and, and having important information for you as you get ready uh, for the next level. Uh, Scott, Dory, 
great show. Uh, I so much more to come out of it. I can't wait for next week. We're going to have so many other things to talk about. We, you know, we were prepared to talk about this past weekend and college football and upsets in Oklahoma and Penn State losing Michigan and blah, 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 blah. And then Jimmy Lake gets dropped in our lap and that took care, took uh, over the conversation. So as we prepare for next week and make a 180 change at the last second, because I'm pretty sure something else will come, come down the pike. Scott, it's great to see you. Dory, it's great to see you guys. Tell Mama and uh, Shorty Bennett, we, it was a pleasure to spend time with them, and, uh, and we'll do this again. Best Thanks, thing God. I saw this weekend? Go ahead. Will Sanchez enjoying some Bloody Marys made for him by who? The coach. Shorty the Bennett. Went down and Will went for two. Yeah, lucky I didn't have more time. I, I wanted a bigger glass, but I don't know. Uh, Dory's being stingy with her uh, beverage. So we'll, we'll talk about that on the next show about giving a man. I got a little glass like this. It was like a little, like a little, you know, a little orange juice. You know, when you go to the diner, you get the little orange juice glass. I was like, where's the, where's the mug? Where, where's the, this is a football game. I need a power mug. So we're going to we're going to get into that all next week. Well, we gave you a short one because it was a double, and so you had more alcohol and no, less bloody no. Mary. Short glass, short alcohol. That's it. All right, I'm out of here. See those scores. We'll do you, it again next week. Have fun, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.